Andrew. And this is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we rewatch very special episodes from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and sometimes 2000s to see what they have to teach us today. Today, we are checking out, for the first time, Captain Planet and the Planeteers. The episode yeah. is called Mind Pollution. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh, season two, episode one, the yep. big season two Taking premiere. It off, yep. <laughs> when they walked the red carpet, it was for this one. It's originally aired in September the, 4th. I'm sorry, the green carpet. The green, boy. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so uh, the premiere September 14th, 1991, directed by Jim Duffy and written by Doug Molitor. I'm going to start out uh, by first saying I didn't watch a lot of Captain Planet and Planeteers, so I have... Oh, so much confusion and questions uh-huh. and things like that. Great. I can't wait to dig into it. But first, you know what we got to do. I do know what we've got to do. Uh, before we get to our snack, I feel like the audience deserves an update on on uh, Rocky Road Oreo Gate 2019. Rocky Road Trip Oreo Gate? Yep. My Rocky Road, to <laughs> road <laughs> exactly. Trip Oreos? We've had several developments. Um, yes. Yes. So uh, our sound uh, engineer, Miles, was kind enough to reach out to the Oreo Corporation. Yep, yep. To uh, to ask on my behalf, which I'm I'm assuming was a more sane approach than I would have been like, <laughs> give me Rocky Road Trip Oreos, why you hate Andy? And he found a few locations, so I am going to announce that this season I will be tracking these down. I have started. Miles was able to procure procure sure secure. A list of three places yeah. in the Los Angeles. They're area. all Ralphs, aren't they? They are all Ralphs. This was our mistake because we kept going to Albertsons like idiots. Like fucking fools. Because that's where we got it the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's the first place they're going to get out of. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you that's can't just see where it they'd expect us to look. But I've got a cork board on the wall. <laughs> red strings Lots everywhere. <laughs> if you have stuck in red strings, people. Today's your day. So uh, as of now, mm-hmm. I have uh, gone to one of the locations in Studio City, uh, California, yep. and no luck. I looked up on the internet and found out that they're seasonal, which it seems yeah. like that doesn't mean anything, though, because the email that Miles got from the corporation said that those Ralphs had ordered them within the last month. Look, I want to hold out as much hope as possible. Right. And, and best believe, I'll get them from Amazon before... I go without. Right. I mean, you can get them on Amazon for what have we seen? Like 16 to 30 bucks. 16 to $30. A pittance <laughs> is what I call it. So we'll keep you updated. Yeah. But for now, we're, one, we're 0 for 3 yeah. um, on these uh, lo- uh, locations. Yep. Uh, I would just also like to talk to all the people out there buying the Rocky Road <laughs> trip Oreos yeah. and then bootlegging them online. <laughs> we're coming for you. If we yeah. find out where your stash is. Oh, don't get me wrong. If I don't find any Rocky Road trip Oreos, I'll have nothing to live for. And mm. we'll go on like a vigilante oh, style. It's like, like a whole Dread Pirate Roberts situation where once you get them, though, like... That's what will your life be really about? really nice. I was thinking more of uh, Renegade, <laughs> the USA show about the guy who rolls sure. around on a motorcycle and renegades. So we've got a new update for our uh, snack time. Yeah. So many new announcements, people. <laughs> All of them snack Season related. Two, everything is changing <laughs> lightning speed. If we have time, we'll talk about television, I guess. Snacks. 
Because we were very fortunate enough to uh, be sent snacks for, I think, what, the second time or third time? Oh, what? third time. Third and time. Sent snacks several times. It's true. So most recently, good friend Josh sent us the cupcake jars. Yep. Uh, and we've adopted a new policy here. If you send us snacks, you now own the snack time hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an hour. Uh, you don't own anything. You're several not going to get anything minutes. from it. But yeah. we're going to say your name. Yeah. So we'd like to... Welcome you to our inaugural uh, Josh Miller Memorial Snack Time Hour, except he's still alive. Until such time as someone else sends us a snack to replace it, at which point we will rename it in your honor. Yes. Point of order. If you do suggest a (laughs) snack, we will dedicate uh, a wing (laughs) snack time hour to you. Yes. Oh, it's getting complicated. Doesn't matter. (laughs) You're all your idea. It's it's keeping us from snacks is the only problem. Angela wrote us and uh, was checking up on us and said... Your food recommendations are also great. I have a food recommendation for you. Pop-Tart crisps, strawberry, or Pop-Tart bites. Now, we couldn't find the strawberry Pop-Tart crisps. No, we have here the brown sugar cinnamazing Pop-Tarts crisps. Important note, if you try these at home, they do not go in the toaster. They're too extreme. They're too small. They're little little Pop-Tarts bars, and these are the brown sugar cinnamazing flavor and we will try them now so thank you angela for your suggestion and as always thank you josh miller well i'd like to say i think that angela is a genius for suggesting this <laughs> Pop-Tart crisps, what they've done is, you know Mm Pop-Tarts? You know how there's all that, like, bread, Mm -hmm. and it's like there's a lot of it? Yeah. And so you've got to, like, strategically eat. Maybe you eat all the crusts off first Mm -hmm. so that you can just have a bite. Okay. Uh, No, I'm not the only person that does this. (laughs) So you know a little crust off, so you just got delicious bites of of filling and icing. Uh, Pop-Tart crisps are just like, hey, bud, we've saved you that trouble and all those strange looks about your eating habits, Mm -hmm. it's just action-packed Pop-Tart action. You know what I would like to posit, though, is you know how sometimes you might be in a situation where you're hungry and you go to a vending machine and there's Pop-Tarts in there and you're like, do I really want Pop-Tarts that aren't warm? Don't they lose something if they're not heated up? And then you're like, no, I'm really hungry. I'm just going to buy these Pop-Tarts and eat them. And then you're like, these would be better warm. That's the feeling I'm having now. Do you want to heat up the, no. the Pop-Tart crisps? I think that, that the space-time continuum would explode. It says they're not for the toaster. Okay. Um, so I I just really... This is also my own prejudice because the only Pop-Tarts that I like are the s'mores ones. I don't like any other flavor of Dude, Pop-Tarts. For for sure. So these are good, but I wish they were hot. That's my critique. Well, if you, like me, don't care whether Pop-Tarts are hot or cold, hot or cold, and have strategies about the way that you eat things to get the very most out of every bite, these are for you. Sure. Hey, Chelsea, let's talk about a goddamn episode Please of television. Please save us from ourselves. Please. Okay, so Captain Planet. I did watch this show as a kid. Oh, yeah? I would have been primed. I would have been younger than 10 when this was on the air. Yeah. So, like, just perfectly in the demographic for it. The show ran for six seasons from 1990 to 1996. They made 113 episodes. It is an animated show in case uh, we didn't say that already. Mm -hmm. And the original idea was Ted Turner's. This is kind of famous. This is weird. Yeah. So I'm going to refer you to an article called 
how Captain Planet turned kids green from where else mental floss. Mm. So Ted Turner is very famously a big liberal environmentally yeah. conscious activist sure. type of guy. And he apparently in sometime in the late eighties came to a conclusion about children's television, like Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones, Yogi Bear, all those Hanna-Barbera cartoons that are so classic. He was like, these don't have much of a message. Uh, he's Ted Turner. He's the head of TBS, Turner Broadcasting Syndication Syndicate System. What does the S stand for? I don't know. Oh, I'll look it up while you're um, Apparently, the story goes, in 1988, Turner summoned Barbara Pyle, his vice president of environmental concerns, and gave her two words, Captain Planet. Pyle said, what do you mean by that? And he said, figure it out, and <laughs> turned away. <laughs> it's Turner Broadcasting System. System. You'll see that Barbara Y.E. Pyle is credited as the co-creator on IMDb and then nowhere else. Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah because uh, she wasn't a TV it. person. Oh, I see. Co-creator for, for the project. Right. She's credited as the co-creator in all the literature, but she's not anywhere on these episodes. So she had this idea. She flushed out this idea, for, and she created this show, Captain Planet and the Planeteers. This was the first programming of its kind, a narrative that hinged directly on the man-made hazards putting stress on the environment. I'm pretty sure Ted Turner used all of his Ted Turner pull to get some extraordinary voice talent for yes, this show, amazing. I'm holding I'm holding one back. Mm-hmm. But this has uh, Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Gaia in every episode. Yeah. It's got Lavar Burton, then a bunch of unknowns. But like the villains is this who's who of I know that person. Uh, Dean Stockwell, Meg Ryan was a voice. Mm-hmm. Sting was a voice. Jeff Goldblum is a voice in that the first the five thing. episodes. Oh, I thought you were there was someone else. You- oh no, that was that was it. Jeff Goldblum um, played the first season verminous scum, who's a, a large rat man. I called him Lepro Rat in my notes because he looks like a leprechaun rat, and oh. I didn't know what his name was. You'll never get me pot of cheese. <laughs> the thing I thought. Okay, so there's even more. Neil Patrick Harris was a voice yep. talent. Carl Sagan and Jean Michel Cousteau consulted for no fee on the program. Gracious. And then Tom Cruise was the original voice of Captain Planet. He was totally unknown. He recorded the first six episodes, but then they re-recorded it because he was reportedly insistent on having more control on how the show was merchandised and what topics it would explore. How do you mean he was unknown? Or he, would he, had, he had no credits. He had no credits. When, in 1991? That's what it says. 1990. Maybe they recorded in 1989, the first thing. But it says... No, nah, it's, that's... Despite having no credits in voiceover work. Sorry. There we go. There we go. That makes sense. Despite having no credits in voiceover work, Tom Cruise was the first person to answer the casting call. He was an activist. He wanted, he loved the message uh, and he wanted to voice Captain Planet. And so they recorded six episodes with him and then he was like, I want more creative control. And they were like, no, no. And has done no voice uh, uh, talent since, by the way, this, this was one and done for Tom Cruise. So apparently the, the board of directors was like, you're wasting money. Kids don't want a message cartoon. Kids just want to be entertained. This is a huge waste of time and money. But they started polling kids and kids loved it. They were, they were learning things. It was a success. Obviously, I mean, 113 episodes, six seasons. Like, yeah, it came at just the right time. This is uh, the, the late eighties, early nineties was, you know, in my mind, the big push towards recycling. So I think this hit at just about the right time. Uh, we're still in the Bush presidency, but we're, you know, slowly yeah. moving towards, you know, yeah. people who will give a shit about the environment at some point. And they even 
extended this commitment to like walking the walk to the merchandising. So for the toys, they made them from recycled materials whenever possible. Uh, they use recycled clothing for stuffing and recycled cardboard for toy packaging, although there was no getting around plastic, having to use plastic for the action figures. Sure. It was really like they tried to do so much good in every way they possibly could. Yeah. And it was a success. By 1993, more than 7 million weekly viewers tuned in to see how the Planeteers would revolve such things as ivory poaching, puppy mills, and radiation leaks. Puppy mills. And then at the end of every episode, there's a 30-second spot that highlights the tips that you can implement in your home Yes, that tie back into what's oh, happening. We've got episode. some pretty great ones in this one. Yeah. Um, so even not having seen a single episode of this, the opening credits and just the the place that this has in pop culture, I, I immediately know everything about it. It's about mm-hmm. Mother Gaia, who's like, oh, there's too much pollution. And so she takes four incredibly special rings and then one not very special ring at all and gives it to five kids. <laughs> fire. Placebo ring. Yeah. <laughs> so, and with the power of fire, wind, water, earth, something else. They can summon Captain Planet. Right. That's heart, that last one. It's worthless, man. <laughs> the, it gets used, I think, one time in this, and it's it's, yeah. it's, it's in the place of looking around. <laughs> so that's the opening credits. They tell you what's going to happen. It's kids trying to save the planet when the planet's in super trouble. Yeah. You know, but... So the kids all have to work together. That's the thing. They, each ring is somewhat powerful in its own right, mm. but when all of their powers combine... They can summon Captain Planet, who's yes. this like mulleted bluish green superhero. Yeah. The the catchphrase is the power's in you, right? So the the whole idea is that you it's not just man creates problems and also men and women and children can solve problems. It's a weird way to put that that men create the problems and men, women and children is can it, solve. Is it or did them. I do it intentionally? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. I just will say it is Ted Turner's idea. Miles, what do you think Chelsea is trying to say? Yep. So, <laughs> yep. but it's it's also worth noting that the premise of this is purely environmental things. Mm-hmm. And they got a little bit of skirting around to do in this specific episode to, to drive their point home. The thing that they start, that they need to tackle is not, is man-made, but it is not a environmental Eco problem. emergency, yes. I think is the term that they use. Right. We open on the White House. Just kidding. We open on the sidewalk. Hands <laughs> down immediately to be like, no, not that important. The sidewalk in front of well, the White House. We just House. want you to know we're in D.C., although it is the least populated city in the world. There's a kid running down the street. He encounters no other people. Okay. There is a kid running down the middle of the <laughs> fucking street. Yes. All right. I'm just, I'm just landing that right now. Yes. Please he encounters proceed. no other humans. And he, uh, there's a voiceover going on that's like, you're a new kid in town. It's so hard. No one knows you. No one wants to be your friend. It's this really creepy voiceover. In. Exactly. You're running down the middle of the street. <laughs> that's not helping anything. Do you feel cooler? Not very safe. So he meets up with, I wrote, some sort of leprechaun rat. I said anthropomorphic <laughs> rat man, which I feel makes me more sensitive somehow. But it's because he has a red beard and no mustache, which is like you're yeah. either Amish or a leprechaun. There are two ways that look goes. I've got, I've got a theory for later on. And if it's red, then you're a leprechaun. This, so, this is verminous scum. Yes. All of the all of the enemies, all the villains in this the are... eco-villains. Are, uh, eco-villains, excuse mm-hmm. me, are all named something that it's like, wow, your parents kind of stuck you with this villainous role. Well, 
I looked up verminous scum on the Captain Planet fandom because I was like, what's his deal? Mm. In case you're wondering, virtually nothing is known about scum's origins or early life. Sure. Except a quote from Gaia that he was born and raised in toxic waste. It is plausible that he was once a normal rat who was radically mutated by toxic materials into a sentient humanoid. It is known that an entire race of these rat creatures exist and scum's their unquestioned leader. His single most important long-term goal is to displace humans and have his own race dominate the earth with himself as leader. So a rat that's changed in a radical way, this is like the 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 splinter's yin to his yang. Yeah, right. This is the yes. yang to splinter's yin. This is bizarro, this is bizarro splinter. splinter. There we go. Yep. There we go. We got there. So... <laughs> He's got a bag of what looks like about a million dollars worth He's of a giant bag of pills, man. It's, it's the biggest bag of pills. Just Even, like it's like a grocery produce size bag, yeah. stuffed full of pills. Even if each of those pills costs oh, street value is only five dollars, then it's several thousand dollars worth of drugs Listen, in that bag. He's just casually holding in this alley. I am notoriously bad at understanding how to order drugs. <laughs> Again, if I haven't said this before, I will never be able to order drugs because I'll go up to a scary person and say, could I get a thing of drugs, please? And I'll get shot. But from our first season, I have learned that in the the early mid-80s, yellow jackets, (laughs) goofballs, red Red screamers, red screamers cost 12 bucks a piece. You know, all the drugs from Harry Potter. Yeah, you know. In Harry Potter world, they just make farts appear and <laughs> sentient. Um, so this so, is bliss. This yeah. is bliss. A drug that'll cost ya. And the and um, <laughs> that's not its catch. That's what, but. but that's what he says. And this is um, oh, this guy who we don't know who he is yet. He buys some of the bliss. He takes some. His eyes turn red. He starts laughing uncontrollably. And then. And then he almost gets hit by a bus. He runs out into the street again. (laughs) But now there's a bus. But now there's a bus. I feel like that's not the drug problem. That's running around in the streets problem. But he almost gets hit by the bus and he doesn't care. He's, quote, blissed out, unquote. He, He falls and he hits his head on the curb. He's like, ha, ha, ha. So, cut to, uh, I guess, a Polynesian island? I'm sure. not quite sure where I'm it is. I'm calling it Captain Planet Island. So, on Captain Planet Island, the planeteers are repairing their solar powered hovercraft vehicle that they drive around in. And they're being supervised by a Russian version of Chelsea named Linka. <laughs> Thanks. Thank yeah, you. no problem. She's got a checklist on a clipboard, which is my bag. Yep. So they are repairing the thing because they're all going on vacation, and they're going to drop off Linka in D.C. because this is interesting because they had to have a character go to D.C. to be part of the mayhem that is to ensue, but they didn't have the American character go, oh, we didn't say that. All the planters are from different countries. Sure. So Linka is from, from the Soviet continents. Union, and she's going to D.C., though, because her uncle, Dimitri, Dimitri. is the ambassador. He lives at the, he works at the embassy, yes. and her cousin Boris and her uncle Dimitri live in D.C. Right. So she goes to the house. She knocks on the well, door. Hold tight. One second. Because we have to point out that here's something that I get what they're trying to do, sort of, but they should not have done this. Sure. Is making sure everybody goes over everything three times. Yeah, and everybody's sure. like, oh, I wish Linka would just relax. Right. That's fine. But it's weird in this episode. No, it's the Jesse Spano thinking of like the most uptight character. Kind of is, yeah. Will that be the would one. you know, that would lead somebody to decide to take yeah. drugs. But you know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I have to give it to Linka. It's probably a good thing to go over 
everything on an airplane three times right? so that your child pilots can fly it <laughs> successfully. Anyway, yes, they drop her off in D.C. She's ostensibly going to the Soviet embassy. Her uncle Dimitri opens the door in his bathrobe. Her cousin Boris comes downstairs in his bathrobe. And I wrote, what is this? The Soviet embassy suites? Everybody just walking around in their bathrobe. But then it turns out this is just their house and the embassy is somewhere else. But still... Who doesn't wear clothing to open the door to their niece when she comes to visit? Russians. Inappropriate. Soviets. Uh, she has described her, her cousin, by the way, as charming. Like, she says <laughs> it in that way where it's like, are you cool I, with I that? believe what she said was charming, because uh, that's how she speaks. He's because charming. All of these actors are American. All hey, of the voice actors are American. It's true. Fun fact, speaking of voice actors who are American and in this scene, do you know who's uh, voicing Uncle Dimitri? Who? Uh, rest in peace, Phil Hartman. Oh. Don't be sad. He was great. Yeah, he was. Uh, let's let's do that again. It was Phil Hartman. Oh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. He does a different voice later on in one of my favorite scenes in this entire nice. thing. Nice. Yeah. So Boris turns out to be the kid who was blissed out last night. And running in the street. And running in the street. Or recently. He says he got the cut on his head last week. So um, maybe he's he that was last week. Time is, time is a flat circle in the world of Captain Planet. Sure. So Uncle Dimitri starts making blintzes in the kitchen for yeah breakfast. by the way blintzes major plot point in this thing <laughs> yes um so he confides to linka that something is wrong with boris he stays out late he never comes combs his hair he's moody he doesn't seem to have any friends yeah. um boris is upstairs taking more pills yep and then uncle dimitri says hey linka help me figure out what's wrong with boris you know your cousin why don't you talk to him and Linka's like once again i'm a child not a licensed uh therapist of any kind but i'll do my best I certainly shouldn't be given supernatural powers so all of this is i mean it's hard to know what the ordinary world is in a show like this that always starts with a crisis yeah but i'm gonna say all of this is the ordinary world because sure. Linka's not none of the planeteers are yet embroiled in this i would um, go so far as to say that anything when you set up the this environmental thing is running smoothly like this, but uh-oh. Yeah. So when when Uncle Dimitri says, help me figure out what's wrong with Boris, I feel like that's the call to adventure. Sure. So now we're Act 2. We're in the special oh, world. man. Act is 2 it? of the hero's journey. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, oh, no, we we haven't talked about his shirt. Oh, no. So, <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to get to the shirt. So okay, Boris, sorry about that. So now we're crossing the, fr the first threshold, Act 2 of the hero's journey. Yep. Boris comes downstairs, and things get out of control Immediately. Straight up. <laughs> First of all, he's combed his hair and he brags about it. Yeah. It's like, I combed my hair for my super cool cousin. It's like, no. Mm -mm. Uh, he's wearing shades and can we talk about this fucking shirt? Yeah, he's wearing shades inside because his eyes are red, remember? Because when you're on your eyes are that. red. Uh, so he's wearing a shirt. He's wearing a black t shirt. Yeah. On the black t shirt is a skull. Yep. Great. Wait. <laughs> the skull is wearing a hat. A party hat. Wait. Because you think it's a party hat because it's a pointy hat. Yeah. Wait. Party hats don't have the little ribbon coming down from the top of the party hat. It's a princess hat? Princess hat. He's wearing a black t-shirt with a princess skull on it. This is the coolest thing Boris will do for this entire episode is Look, wear this t-shirt. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not telling anybody how to live their life. You take bliss, run on the street, whatever. <laughs> but if you're going to try to be tough, you need to stay away from Renaissance Fair skull territory. If anything else, thanks for combing know. your hair, dick bag. <laughs> no, I kind of want that shirt. Do um, you? <laughs> I think All it right. sounds fun. Birthday's um, around the corner. <laughs> so... 
Boris has a cut on his head, and Linka says she like tries to put alcohol on it, and he swats the bottle away. Yeah, which causes an enormous fire. This place goes up in a fucking blaze. <laughs> First of all, I just want to note that uh, uh, Dimitri uh, retrieves the rubbing alcohol from a first aid kit that's stored in a Victorian box of yeah, some sure. sort. Great, great. Doesn't matter. This place is a blaze. <laughs> we have a quick mini message here, which is that Linka. Shows the kids you can put out such a fire with baking soda and, yep. oh, your wind power ring. Yeah. So she Boris clocks the fuck out of this ring. <laughs> Boris is like... Boris is like, like huh? <laughs> He lifts up his glasses and his red eyes and go, what? Um, so we do manage to get a little message in there about not throwing water on a cooking fire. You gotta get, yeah. gotta get some baking soda on also, that. Also, before you do a joke salute, make sure there's no <laughs> bottles of rubbing alcohol right. that you're gonna smack across the room um, in Blintsville. <laughs> <laughs> no one is hurt. Um, <laughs> and Linka and her derelict cousin just jump on their bikes to head out to the Russian cafe because they still need blintzes. They That's get the most them important thing. They leave Uncle Dimitri, I guess, to talk to the fire department who's going to sure. need a full report on or this. Or to begin to rebuild his kitchen. All right, so they're riding bikes on what I guess is the road to Blintz's. But Boris Once is again, having... there are no other people in Washington, D.C. Not at all. Um, not a soul around. Not yet. But they are riding on the side of the road. Congratulations on being responsible. <laughs> uh, Boris is having trouble keeping up, and Linka's like, you've never had trouble catching your wind. Yeah. Which segues into Boris being like, speaking of wind, what's up with that ring? Also, I'm sure that is not a Russian colloquialism. It's not But thanks for trying. Nobody says that. Um, So she says, uh, oh, this is my ring that controls the wind. And it was given to me to help protect the earth. She really just lays it all out. That's it. That's it. She doesn't try to conceal any point part of this. He doesn't have to prompt her at all. And he's like, oh, if you let me try that ring out, I'll let you try some bliss. These, these pill- big bag of pills. <laughs> he says, these pills can make you happier than you've ever been in your life. She tries to take the bag of pills from him. She's like, drugs, no. And they fight and pills get spilled into the sewer. And I thought, oh, the whole population's going to get mind controlled because the drugs go in the sewer. Yeah. That's a red herring. No. I don't know it why just, we cut to the sewer because it except that he can't them get them back or something. Yeah. Uh, he calls her a stupid cow. Yeah. I wrote down here that Boris is PO'd. In fact, he's CCCPO'd. Oh, nice. Soviet nice, Union nice. joke. Nope, Miles isn't Soviet laughing, so this Union is getting cut. Um, and then he bikes away into goddamn traffic. <laughs> he bikes across the street, dodging cars, and yes. then it cuts and shows him on the other side of the street, and he narrowly avoids a car and then drives back across it's the street. It's amazing he didn't he didn't cause like a four-car pileup. Cars are swimming everywhere. His bike riding is as bad as his walking around the kitchen. I just think, <laughs> or doing anything, or wearing a tough shirt, I just think this is how he lets off steam as being in the middle of a trying road. Trying to cause traffic He's like, accidents. Going across the road one time will not do it. <laughs> no. So he goes back to Leprechaun Rat to get <laughs> it's the gutter. more drugs. Yes. Yes. So Boris is like, I need more of that bliss. And Leprechaun Rat says, the price has gone sky high. All that money you have in your hand won't buy even one little pill. And Boris is like all strung out. <laughs> and Verminous Scum proceeds to just start eating a hunk of cheese. Which, you know what? Every villain's their upside. <laughs> right. I'm like baller move, verm- verminous scum. But then, He's eating a wedge. But then Boris cheese. is like, oh hey, you know what? 
I know where this ring is that has the power of wind. I can bring it to you if you'll give me some bliss. I don't have enough money, but I'll bring you this ring. And, and Verminous Scum is like, no, he's like, please get don't that just ring. steal a ring. Yeah. Let's get to human trafficking, He's like, please. bring me that whole girl. <laughs> bring me the whole lady. He's, he knows exactly what it is. He's like, oh, you know a planeteer. Mm-hmm. This is not his first entanglement with the planeteers. No. So he's like, you bring me that girl. Because he knows that if one of them is under his control, they can't summon Captain Planet because right. all their powers have to combine. And this is the point at which I wrote, this is mixed so poorly, Miles would be very oh, upset. The, the sound? The music is so loud, oh you can barely hear God. the voices. It you is mixed not kidding. so badly. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's terrible. I was you would have been enraged. hear it as well. <laughs> Whoa. You would be enraged. There are points where it's, I'm, I'm watching the thing and I'm trying to hear voices over music and it's yeah. it's like I'm in a poorly mixed live theater show except yeah. they had complete control over this because it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's like they did this in a shitty bar. What torrents did you download this? Where, where was this? This was what? on Hulu. Uh, this should have been pristine archival quality, yeah, for Captain real. Planet. So Boris, he has Boris to bring a whole lady to him and Boris is like, I want to do that. So we go back <laughs> to Dimitri's house and Linka is looking for, this is my favorite scene. This is my favorite scene. This is my favorite scene. <laughs> Tell me why. Okay. So Linka's looking for Boris. Dimitra has left a, a note that says he's gone to the embassy because there's trouble. And Linka goes, oh, no. Trouble, trouble at the embassy? Yes. So she turns on the TV to try to find the news station about this trouble. Yeah. She tunes this old-timey TV and eventually goes to a news broadcast that is halfway into the news broadcast. Mm-hmm. News, news reporter played by Phil Hartman. Uh-huh. And he is reporting on some vandals who defaced properties at the embassy. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Vandals defaced the property and were believed to be high on bliss. Then the reporter says the vandals were last seen running away on foot. And then the camera immediately pans <laughs> over slightly to the right where we see the vandals running. They're like five They're feet away. No more than five feet away. And the police are like, oh, we got to get them. It's, it's, <laughs> it's also like, do you think they were high on bliss? The only thing they've spray painted it's is the bliss. word bliss. That's all they've done. They haven't broken any windows. They haven't set anything on fire. They've just spray painted the word bliss on a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's my favorite thing. Yeah, that was pretty great. And so Linka is immediately like, oh, no, because she thinks Boris must be in that mob but then luckily Boris shows up back at the house and he's picked up some blintzes oh but Chelsea Boris's blintzes are brimming with bliss it's Boris's bliss brimming blintzes blitz (laughs) uh huh uh, which is to say he's laced the blintzes <laughs> with like glowing pills of bliss. And he's like, I have given up drugs now. Why don't we eat these blintzes in celebration? And he gives her one of the blintzes. Now she's on drugs too. Yes, she's been drugged. Yeah. Like Steve Urkel. Just didn't want to take drugs and got got drugged by someone she could have should have been able to trust. The rest of the planeteers have reconvened on their island in Hawaii. Sure. Captain Planet Island. No one knows where Linka is, nor has anyone heard from her all week. Mother Gaia appears. Yep. And she ushers them into the crystal chamber to show them, which is like their comm center. Yes. And shows them that Linka is in peril and that DC is basically a zombie zone now. Yeah. It's post-apocalyptic in DC. Like, windows are boarded up and graffiti contained to just the word bliss. Yes. And is then- everywhere. But then it gets 
so problematically preachy in the way that only War on Drugs era shows do. Yeah. I think it's Mati who says, what went down on that block? And Mother Gaia says, what went down was people's self-respect. They no longer care about their neighborhoods or themselves. Which is that real, like, people who live in bad neighborhoods are to blame for their neighborhoods being bad. If only they had more self-respect. That sort of, like, twisted logic where it's like, no, this is not... People don't take drugs because they don't have self-respect. And if we just teach self-esteem, people won't need drugs. It's not that cut and dry. That's not how that works. And it's also, like... Not like, man, this would be such a great neighborhood if people could just stay off drugs. Then they would have all their basic human needs met and all the same like resources as other yeah. neighborhoods if they could just keep their self-respect it is up. the very common, like, drugs are ruining everything in society. Drugs are to blame. If we can just get rid of drugs, let's pump a ton of money into drugs and then, you know, we can, we can solve all of right. our problems. As though drugs are somehow, like, sentient. I don't know if people have more self-respect and sure. take. It's just very problematic the way but it's know, played out. Chelsea, I did hear a story mm. one time about Bliss. Oh no! A story about a guy named Charlie. Uh, I was thinking about Charlie myself. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Hey, wander down the street and steal a car stereo so I can get more Bliss." So we can punch my sister. It's his sister that he punches, right? <laughs> but this brings me back to the point that while Guy is talking about the self-respect and how drugs are the problem with everything, we see a kid. Wandering down the middle of the fucking street again. And then he breaks into a car and steals a sweet tape deck. Yeah. So somebody asks, well, all right, that's cool and all, Mother Guy, but how does this count as an eco alert? Yes, important. And Mother Guy says that technically people are polluting their bodies. And I feel like all the planeteers are like... Okay. It feels like a stretch, but sure, we're not doing sure. anything else, I guess. It doesn't seem like it's within our jurisdiction. She's yeah. like, mind pollution is the worst kind of pollution. Uh, so, right. So, but what about the pollution that kills everybody? Right. All right, Mother Gaia. Thanks for the rings. We'll give you a pass on this one. Right. Also, does it feel like we should start doing something about climate change now? No, you're fine. Get uh, rid of those drugs, <laughs> planeteers. So now we go back to D.C. and all the citizens of D.C., all the ones that are left, are all completely zombies. They're mm. blissed out. And they all want more bliss. They're all chasing verminous scum to try to get more um, they're completely in his thrall. They and then, are pouring like pirate treasure and tape decks thing. at his they're feet. They're giving him all their money and like vases and jewelry and all of their... And again, tape decks. <laughs> but then the thing is that I, I was like, wait, all it takes all it takes to get it is money? Yeah. And he just wants money? He wants money so he can make more. His plan, according to Mother Gaia, is so that he can get the rest of the world hooked on Bliss. And yeah. then he'll be the only person who's, who's thinking... He's not blessed out, but like... But like what what then? That's gonna turn really time consuming Chelsea, really quickly. I don't like this implication that the rat leprechaun man didn't think this through. <laughs> no, he didn't. Because you know what? It's really more of an indictment of capitalism than anything. Because he's like, Oh, money, yes, I I'll take all your money and then they're like, Oh, we don't have any more money and he's like oh, I guess I got to go somewhere else and get more people hooked on this now until I have everyone's money. But then I'll have all of the money in the world and everyone in my thrall, and then I'll just have to keep making this to, like, keep them giving me... But they won't have more money. It's just, like, it's a very ill-constructed plan. I feel like he's he got from A to B and then just, like, didn't realize that you have to have a plan that goes all the way to H if it's a world domination plan. Bernie 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I will get rid of verminous scum <laughs> and his late stage capitalistic views. Still Italian. 
It's yeah, Bernie. <laughs> Bernie's not Italian. No, I love it. A socialism. <laughs> so they are at the Lincoln Memorial, and speaking of shoehorning bullshit into him, speaking of shoehorning oh a message into Holy it. Holy shit! Yes, Ma- Mati, who is Hart, the Aquaman of the group, <laughs> is like. Who is that statue? Oh, they land in front of the Lincoln Memorial. They Sorry. land their solar-powered dune buggy. Which, by the way, they say, let's put in the bushes so nobody can see it. That shit is stripped down, and every tape deck is going to be stolen from that thing in a moment. Remember how we had five tape decks because we could never agree on what to listen to? <laughs> now they're now all, all gone. Are- so they park this thing in front of the Lincoln Memorial, and oh, Mati man. says, who's that man? And Wheeler explains, Wheeler is the American kid. Yeah. Wheeler says... Oh, that's Lincoln. He freed the slaves. And Mati wonders if Lincoln is sad now to see his people enslaved again by drugs. Ooh. Highly problematic. Ooh. Just everybody just pause this episode. Ooh. Go watch Ava DuVernay's 13th right now instead of the rest of this yeah. episode. And let's talk about how the war on drugs became the new sort of way of yeah. enslaving the African-American population. I'm going to just say, hey, Captain Planet, stay in your square. <laughs> Right. Stay in your zone, Let's, brother. Oh, man, it's bad. Uh, so suddenly they're beset on all sides with Blizz zombies, and I'd like to read from the script here if I can. Please. Uh, the blissed-out teens surround them and begin approaching. Heart, <laughs> stop. We do not want to hurt yes, you. this is important. Fire. I'll stop them. Fire! <laughs> he sprays a jet of fire at the drug addicts. Okay, first of all, they can't summon Captain Planet because they've already realized that Verminous Scum has Linka in his thrall. Sure. Linka's over there on their on his side. She's got red eyes, and they're like, "Oh no, we can't get Captain Planet." So we have to try to do this on our own with our like individual powers. Right. And they say, "We don't want to hurt you." And then Verminous Scum goes, "See, they're too soft-hearted to stop you." And all I can think about in this moment is mandatory sentencing minimums. Wow. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, you got to be tough on crime. Shoot that fire at them or yeah. they'll never stop. You should incinerate people. Like looking at them as though you maybe, they, maybe they're humans. You. Maybe there's a reason they're acting this way. Maybe they're still people. And uh, But that is uh, qu- quickly shot down in a rain of fire. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite uh, thing, I would have thought about, you know, politics and how horrible everything is, except I left for five solid minutes when Verminous Scum <laughs> seeks the drug addicts yes. on the planeteers with a cry of, come on, druggies! <laughs> he calls them addicts. Bliss brain. You druggies! <laughs> it's amazing. It's so great. That's the end of Act 1, and we are go back right into Act 2. Yeah, so Mai Tai sneaks up <laughs> behind Linga and grabs her hand and starts running away with her at the same moment that Wheeler sets the big bag of bliss pills on fire with his ring. He sets the big b- bliss pill bag bag <laughs> bag of blitzy blintz pills. Um, blintz pills? Oh, yummy. Um, and he starts like, he's like, I've got the formula right here. I can make as much bliss as I want. And I wrote down, I would gladly give a thousand car stereos to hear Jeff Goldblum say, that's right. My little bliss brains, get them. But I can't. Um, so Lepro Rat sends the zombie horde after Linka and Mati and the rest of the planeteers are running and they catch up and they all, all of the planeteers, including Linka, who's still blissed out, run away and hide inside the capital, which is totally abandoned. And Mati sends out a heart signal from his ring, and he can sense that everyone in the city but them is high on bliss. Cool. So they're the only people who aren't on bliss in the whole city. So does he have a heart ring or a looking around and assessing the situation ring? It's like a sonar (laughs) ring. It's shitty. Um, He is the Aquaman of it. Okay, I know that we just had a cool Aquaman movie, but... 
he's he's the Aquaman of this Justice League group. So now we're inside the inmost cave, heroes journey-wise. All of that has been the tests and ordeals, allies and enemies. Now I'm referring to the Capitol building as the inmost cave. Did Monty tell you that? Uh, no, oh. this is Joseph Campbell. So now we <laughs> the are... The Aquaman of mythologists. So Link has got the deets pretty bad, and uh, she won't help call she Captain Planet. does, but as soon as she's like uh, separated from her group and she's like, I need bliss, I need bliss... She fucking pulls a bliss pill out of her pocket and right. takes it. And it's like, okay, guys, did you not <laughs> pat her down no, a little bit? They're not used to dealing with, with druggies. I guess not. But, well, you know, now you know. Linka, she has drugs on her. Maybe check, check it out. Butt. Maybe. Check so. her butt. Check her butt. <laughs> check her butt. <laughs> her bliss is in her butt. Bliss is in her butt. Hey, don't sit down too hard. To Where's your bliss? You, you laughing too hard at your own joke to say your joke, and it's my joke now. <laughs> now it's my joke. This is in her butt. All she cares about is bliss. She doesn't want to call Captain Planet. The Planeteers are now trapped inside the Capitol, yeah. and there are zombies banging on the doors. They barricade the front no. door with a huge statue no. of George Washington. It cuts to a shot of a gray George Washington streaking across the room. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I feel like I'm taking bliss. And then it like pans back, and it's just them pushing a statue, a yeah. priceless statue. But man, what a confusing way That's to do symbolism. things. for sure. symbolism. George Washington is going to protect them. Oh, um, sure. Lincoln disappears. Slave owner George Washington? Yeah, it's fine. This is my favorite line in the movie, in the episode. Sure. Lincoln disappears. Wheeler, the American kid, turns around. She's gone. And he says, okay, Wheeler, think to himself. Okay, Wheeler, think. If you were a zombie, where would you be? The vice president's office. It is a and I was like, sick, sick Dan Quayle burn. A year later, in 1992, Dan Quayle would famously get into a huge fight with a TV character, Murphy Brown. Absolutely. So it's like Dan Quayle is catching it from all sides in the entertainment yeah. industry at this time. Can't but also, potato. but also, Dan Quayle picks fights with TV characters, so it feels Fucking appropriate. Captain Planet's picking this one. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out, and I'm not, you know, drawing a red string between these two things, but. But, you know, the next election cycle, Al Gore gets into the office. And I bet he's like, shit, now I'm in the vice president's office. I don't want that fire dude to make fun of me. Yeah. I better get super environmental. Yeah. That's oh, where it started. okay. There's, That's where there it, it is. That's the seed of yeah. all of it. Solid. Solid connection. So Boris bursts in through the window. First, Linka takes another pill. Again, maybe double check Linka. This is what I'm saying. You have to take so bliss so frequently. It's true. You're going to get six billion people hooked on this drug. You're going to be the only one making Maybe some of the air rats are helping you. you. It doesn't matter. Here's what you do. Do you know how... That's going to be your whole life. No, you get Jeff Bezos <laughs> hooked on bliss right away, and then it's his problem. <laughs> good good call. Good Thanks. call. So Boris bursts in through the window, and he hurts himself. He's bleeding everywhere. Really and, badly. And uh, bandages his wounds as the others flee. And then there's this like conversation between Gee and Wheeler... Where, where Wheeler's like, why are you bandaging him? He's a traitor. He's He tried to hurt us. And Guy says, the drug made him do it. And Wheeler says, oh, yeah, well, nobody made him take the drug. He did that to himself. And, it ends and I'm like, there. where are we coming down on the sympathy angle here? Absolutely. And it's around this time that somebody, I believe, says... Yeah, it's somewhere around here where somebody's like, I really wanted Linka to relax, but not like this. And it's like, whoa. Well, yeah. Also, the argument ends on Wheeler's point, so 
are we to assume that that's what we're to take away? Yeah, there seems to be such a hardline approach. Like this, and then also all that talk about how just if people had more self-respect, they wouldn't take it's drugs. fucked up. But then at the end... It undercuts that, and we'll get there. But right More now, like, it seems like we're coming down on the, like, people people who take drugs are weak-willed. It's their yeah. fault. The things they do, they can be blamed for. You can't be so soft-hearted because that won't stop them. All, this is the messaging we've gotten so far. Yeah, it's Captain Platitude and the Platitude Ears. Nice. Thank you. So then the statue of George Washington breaks. Symbolism. Symbolism. And now it's time for the supreme ordeal, the climax, the big battle, the yeah. showdown with the shadow. So they go up to the Capitol Dome to escape. And then, like you said, Linka and Boris are immediately like, oh, I'm in withdrawal. Yeah. It's been 30 it's been seconds. 30 seconds. They're all on top of the Capitol Dome. Mm-hmm. Linka and Boris are like shaking. And then <laughs> there's a bit of a continuity problem. Lepro Rat is down on the ground screaming. They have nowhere to go but down. But then instantaneously, he's, he's up that, in a helicopter. It's a pretty rad helicopter. And yeah. he throws a bottle of bliss from his helicopter. And Boris <laughs> catches it. He says... I'll give anybody bliss if they push them off, if you just push those planeteers. And Boris is like, I'm on it. <laughs> but then he doesn't actually manage to get anyone pushed off, and he still gets more drugs. Yeah, he takes a shit ton and of them, And then he too. just opens the bottle and chucks it all down his throat. And he, the Linka grabs it and, yeah. and, and shakes out a couple pills herself. Yeah, and Linka then tries to use her wind ring against her friends. Yeah. And blow them off the capital, but her mind is too polluted, and so the ring doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, by the way, then Boris fucking dies. <laughs> and Boris passes out, and I wrote, did he OD? Guy runs over because she's a doctor, I guess. Yeah. And then Boris is fucking dead on Boris the dome of the Capitol building. Fucking... Remember that time a Russian diplomat, a Soviet diplomat's son OD'd and died on the dome of the Capitol building? I mean, Chelsea, now that you're saying that, that's pretty plausible. <laughs> In 1991? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, twisted time. That's where communist communism fell. Boris's death sobers Linka up just as the zombies break through the I, windows. I gotta of the point dome. this out. So yes, Linka does sober up immediately and she's like, I am done with these pills. And she throws a single pill off of the dome. Yes. She definitely had like five pills in her hand <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so once again, just check, saying. Just check. Just just check. Yeah. So she can use her ring now because yeah. she's her, her eyes are no longer red. She's come around back to her senses. She uses her ring with the others and they conjure Captain Planet and some truly spectacular electric guitars, which threaten to drown out all of the rest of the dialogue. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck Captain Planet says in this. <laughs> I'll hear and uh, Captain Planet, of course, beats Lepro Rat and destroys the remaining Bliss and the formula in the way of these things, which is that he just manages to to throw verminous scum into like the pool of water on the mall. Yeah. This is, is, I think it's the Potomac River. Or maybe it's the Potomac. Yeah, it's, he just gets in some water. This is how people are beaten, quote yeah, unquote, I got in you. cartoons. Hey, you've been it's making like, that Bliss for a while. It'll be 15 minutes before he gets back to shore. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that peace and quiet for 15 minutes, Planeteers. So that's the supreme ordeal. The whole thing centers around, can we get Linka to sober up so we can call Captain Planet? Because once he's here, we're fine. Yeah, and she gets herself respect back and saves the day. Yeah, exactly. Property value goes right up around her. (laughs) Yep. So Uh, now we have the reward and consequences. Yeah, we Um, go to what I like to call Washington, D.C. beyond Thunderdome. (laughs) (laughs) The bunch of FEMA tents set up uh, in front of the Lincoln Memorial, and now all the addicts are getting medical treatment, which is good because that seems to be like a more humane, like they're not all locked up in prison. 
Yes. They're getting medical treatment. Right. And now the character's like, yeah, they really have a long, hard road ahead of them to kick this bliss habit, including our friend Linka, who's here crying. And now it seems like we're supposed to have sympathy and be like, oh, it was the drugs. It wasn't them. It's not their fault. They need medical help. This seems to undercut all of the rest of the messaging. I'm going to need some pain pills from the whiplash oh this gosh. episode has given me. And Link is crying, and they're like, yeah, withdrawal is the worst kind of pain. And she says, yet it is not as bad as losing Boris. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, been it on is that. as good as the voice actor who actually was hired Ten for the show. Ten times better than mine. So we cut over to the river or wherever he is. Verminous scum crawls out, and he's like, hey, I'm just going to get back to it. And then <laughs> it's like, I need to eat a hunk of cheese. But I eat a hunk of cheese to, <laughs> to get my vengeance going. And then there's like a bliss pill in the hunk of cheese. Yeah. Okay. And then he eats it. And then he looks at his own eyes in his reflection in the water and realizes because they're red that he's eaten some bliss. And he's like, no, I've polluted myself. No, no. Because that's the big, there's a point in the battle with Captain Planet where he's like, don't turn me into an addict. So he knows yeah. how dangerous it is. That whole sort of idea that like dealers don't take drugs because dealers know how bad they are. Do you want to, do you want to say that line that Captain Planet says during the climax again? <laughs> there, she said it. You just couldn't hear it. You just couldn't hear it. Exactly. And then that's the end of the episode, except f- save for the Planeteer alert, Less which is a time. little 30 second spot at the end. Which... Did you get two of them? Mm-mm. I got two of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. On Hulu? Yeah. I watched it on Hulu, too. I only got one. The fuck? No, I watched it on you, uh, Paley Center. <laughs> okay, so the Planeteer Alert, the one that I got, said, only use medicine you get from your doctor, and if you have a drug problem, get help, and you can choose not to take drugs. The power is yours. They cut that out, I assume, because they had to get to the second one. I'm like, wow, that's real brief and simplistic and shitty. Yeah, what did the second one say? The second's like, a healthy planet needs healthy people. Oh, interesting. So it's, But it's mostly like eat right and exercise. They, Weird. They don't, I don't know, man. Okay. Well, so if you want to hear us get more into this, not that we're the authorities, but we talked a lot about this on our episode 10, Nancy Reagan X Machina, which is an episode of Different Strokes that is all centered all around the war on drugs. Just yeah. say no. This is shot in 1991 which is toward the reagans are out of office as we mentioned it's yeah. toward the end of the war on drugs as such um with that messaging obviously the war on drugs continues to this yeah. day in terms of government spending but in 1988 which is just a few years, years before this there are still more than 12,000 just say no clubs in schools across the country yeah there are still government funded anti-drug commercials trying to scare kids away from recreational drug use and warning parents about horrible things that would happen if kids start get, getting hot they're still because we didn't get away from them start getting away from them until Barack Obama these incredibly disproportionate mandatory sentencing minimums which disproportionately affect communities of color five years for five grams of crack cocaine or 500 grams of powdered cocaine yeah yeah. Uh, and this this is sort of lighter fare for the war on drugs, but it's just as misguided. Yes. In 1985, the proportion of Americans who saw drug use as the nation's number one problem was between 2 and 6%. In 1989, just two years before this episode aired, the number of Americans who saw drug abuse as the country's number one problem was 64%. Sure. And so you this is still a, very much yeah. in the zeitgeist. It's, it's getting better, but slowly and still like... 
corrections to the actual damage being done aren't gonna aren't gonna show themselves until the 2010s right and people still clearly feel especially if they they have a platform where already they're teaching kids lessons that this is a thing that needs to be driven home and brought up and kids need to know that there are leprechaun rats in the alleys who are trying to get you sure. hooked on glowing pills uh, you know what Nancy Reagan might have wanted to put a war on? Running in the middle of the street. <laughs> I'm so upset that... I'm not upset, but... So this is... I'm just a little bit confused about the messaging here because I feel... What it feels like to me is somebody wrote an episode that was either all in on the people who take drugs and abuse them need our help. It's a yeah. med- it's like a medical emergency. They need so understanding. They're polluting their minds, yeah. so it affects us all. And then somebody else was like, no, 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 you can't let kids think that it's, you know, the, that they, they're supposed to be sympathetic. It's got to be this. Or vice versa. It was yeah. all like, they're just zombies. They're mindless. You got to kill them with fire. And someone someone got hold of that script and was like, well, let's have some sympathy here. So I feel like... <laughs> so it was probably a lot of people going, should we burn them with fire? And like one person being like... <laughs> Actually, maybe they need medical help. Maybe yeah. one person brings up the 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 point that they're under the influence of drugs and you know not right. evil people. Like yeah yeah yeah. But then the American will say shut up. And then the American burns them with fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's odd because of course there can be nuance and there can be different characters voicing different sides of, of an issue, but not generally in a cartoon for children. Yeah. Usually the messaging is meant to be pretty clear in this format. This is not like, you know, a deep art art film take on substance abuse. No. This is a 24-minute long children's cartoon. Lack of substance, substance <laughs> abuse. <laughs> now yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about who we wanted to hug and what we learned. Who did I want to hug? I guess probably... Probably, I guess, Dimitri. He seemed pretty cool, and his <laughs> kitchen blances. got burned down, and then he had to run off to the embassy. He was he, he did the he was like, hey, I'm trying to help my son, but you're his cousin, you're his age. Why don't you try to like talk to him? About yeah, no, it? it was a solid plan. Yeah, he's he's trying, but then work got in the way, and also the whole city became infested <laughs> with bliss yeah, zombies. Yeah, where is he? Oh, this is a good question. Did he end up a bliss zombie? We never saw him like that, or did he flee and leave his son behind in the burning zombie zone city? I like to believe that he's hole up in the embassy like like slowly like making his way to his son there's a whole separate (laughs) saga it's a whole like diehard taken world war dimitri situation (laughs) great i wanted to hug linka because she's just trying to do her best and then she uh gets drugged it's Mm -hmm. not her choice to take those drugs also true and she gets a she gets a bliss brimming boris blintz but if I couldn't say it the first time and I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to hug Linka. What did yeah. you learn? To say Boris's blitz brimming blintz's blitz. Thanks. Here's your new vocal warm up. It you, is. Red leather blintz blitz. <laughs> what, what did I learn? I didn't learn anything from I this. I learned a lot about the vo- who, who the original voice yeah, actors Yeah, I was going to say. I learned that I Jeff Goldblum. Fucking Tom Cruise was Captain Planet for six episodes. Meg Ryan's just chilling out in here for God's sake. Phil Sting! Hartman? I mean, uh, Jean-Michel Cousteau and Carl Sagan consulted on this. This is this is insanity. Uh, that, but uh, to the point of this whole podcast and everything like that, we didn't, we didn't learn nothing. We, no. what, are you, what are you supposed to learn from this? Don't take drugs. Okay, sure. That's simple. The rest of the lessons that they're trying to impart or the reasons not to take drugs just aren't there. It's, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Nothing. Someone died, though. Someone fucking died in this cartoon on the top of the Capitol building. And he was so... Charming. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Anyway, so um, that's uh, that's Captain Planet. There's yeah. a couple more special Captain Planets out there. Maybe they'll they'll hit it out of the park. Um, this is a maybe this they'll... is a mixed messaging mishigash is what we've got on our hands yeah. here. Maybe next time don't use so much heart ring and use more <laughs> writing and plot development rings. Oh, that's where those are. They're yeah. in the writer's room. <laughs> There's no heart in the when writer's room. When our powers combine. Alcoholism. <laughs> Depression slash anxiety. <laughs> Together we are Hollywood writers of this Captain Planet, but he's like, he's got a for real mullet and he just like sits oh. in the corner and goes, I don't know, man. I don't even know what I'm doing. What are we watching next time, Andy? Next time, we're going to be watching the show ER. This episode is called Chaos Theory. It's season nine, episode one. You can watch it on Hulu. And we will be joined by our longtime friend, brilliant actor, Mary Hollison Bowden. Uh, you might have seen her on Boss. You might have seen her on The Real O'Neills. Mm. Uh, and she is starring in Jinji Cohen's new show, American Princess, coming out on Lifetime in June. Yep. But we are going to talk to her about ER uh, next week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bring snacks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks!